0: And the sons of Aaron each took their fire pan. And they put fire into it. And they offered to God an eish zara, an alien or foreign fire that was not commanded of them a teeth ate and a fire came forth milifna adonai va and ate them vayamutu lifna adonai and they died before god va moshe el aaron hu asher diber adonai mooses says to aaron this is what god has said this is what he meant when he said be krovai kadesh ve al play kola am ikaved vayedom aaron Through those near to me, I will show myself to be holy and gain glory before my people, and Aaron was silent. So you can read the remaining verses. I want to focus on these first three verses. First of all, it's not clear where they were commanded. In other words, they weren't commanded to bring this fire, but which fire they were commanded to bring is not exactly clear, number one. Number two... The Torah seems to be stressing the lifnei Adonai. The Torah repeats the term before God twice. Other anomalies in the verse, the word l'hakriv and to come close likarev are also played off of each other. And this leads, uh, that's I guess the second question or second point, and the third point is The point of Moses' response. Probably not the most I mean, probably not the most uh, empathic moment to quote what God said. And fourth, how powerfully is uh, Aaron represented with his silence. And Aaron was struck dumb. He couldn't speak. So, interesting. Let me just put out there two things and then and then invite a kavana. One is, within the Jewish tradition over the past 2,000 years, this text, this story has been used uh, more often than not to raise the dangers of change, of innovation, of disruption, disruptive innovation, of any kind of uh, newness that might be offered. And so, depending on the culture you were in, the rabbis would utilize this text as the the Ur text. This is the classic text of be careful, the waving of the finger. Do not bring a foreign fire. Don't innovate, right? None of those right in the reform movement when the reform movement uh, sprouted out and sprout forth in the in the 19th century. This was the text that was more often than not quoted, right? You are bringing forth a foreign fire, right? Dangerous, and in some form or another, you hear this whether it's in radical, disruptive innovation, like reform, or even within a community that doesn't want you to change the song that they've been singing for the last two years. (laughs) How dare you change that song that we've been singing for two years? Right? Don't change, I like it. Right? That famous joke about the rabbi that comes to the shul, he's new in the shul, and they come to the Shema, and some people stand and some people sit, and the rabbi says, I'm confused. What's the minag? What's the custom here in the shul? Do you stand or you sit? So he asked. He asked uh, one guy, guy said, we stand. And the other guy said, was sitting said, no, we sit. And the third guy said, Rabbi, I have the answer. He says, he says, he says well, which is it? Well, how could it be that, you know, what is it? What do you guys do for shema? Do you stand or you sit? Yeah, you're arguing. And the third guy says, this is what we do for the shema. <laughs> right, this, right? Some shuls like that. So that's the first point, that this text has often been the warning text, right? Do not bring a foreign fire, one. Two, within Hasidic text, or more mystically inclined text, they learned exactly the opposite, which is, of course, because they're Hasidim and they were innovating, that this was not a punishment. It doesn't say, say, that a fire descended. What does it say? Vatetse, which means it came forth. From where? From the Holy of Holies. In other words, the fire that engulfed them was the Holy of Holies fire. In other words, the mystical union that they achieved. The only place for them to go, they had achieved such a high level of connection with the divine that in some sense it was a, a, a consummation greatly desired. Right? They wanted very much to be consumed by the divine. Like this poem I read last night from Rumi. Right, Let lovers enjoy the burning, like the moth close to the flame. And so these lovers, Nadav and Avihu, whose names mean volunteer and my father is him, Nadav and Avihu, they were consumed by an all-encompassing love for God. I want to focus on, uh, for the Kavana, on a different, on, on the reading of it as, uh, as punishment for a moment. So within the tradition that they were punished, the, the, the Talmud gives four reasons for their punishment, and I want to focus on one of them. I can give you, the, they drank wine. That's one reason that they entered into the Holy of Holies intoxicated. Another reason is that they, obviously that they brought a fire that they weren't supposed to bring. Another reason is that they didn't ask permission from Moshe, or they didn't get advice from Moshe or from Aaron. But here's, here's the one that really struck me. So read with me in verse 1, in verse 10. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 1, chapter 10. that each one took, ish machtato. Each one took his fire pan. So here the rabbi says something wild. They each brought a fire pan, but how many fire pans did they really need? One. They were coming together. They were coming together to go into the Holy of Holies, you would have imagined that they had kind of come up with a plan. The rabbis here, from this little diuk, this little reading of to they each took their own machta, their own fire sensor. The rabbis read that they, didn't, they weren't communicating with each other. They each brought their own, they, each, they, they thought they each needed to bring something, but they didn't. Say, like, oh, I thought you were bringing the fire pan. No, you were bringing the fire, we both brought the fire pan. So rabbis say that when there's a lack of communication, when people aren't speaking to one another, it, um, it can create chaos, and it can bring destruction. When people assume they know what the other person was supposed to bring, and you can interpret that on any level you want, that when we're not in a deep conversation with each other, when we miss each other, when we don't ask the kinds of questions, the kind of inquiries that reveal what is concealed, that can bring about a destruction. Now, morally, obviously, so many reasons to not be happy that they were killed. But let's, let's move off of that for a moment. But the, the salient point from Chazal, from the rabbis, is that in, when passion is at the root of things, often we don't have the kind of conversations that can disclose difference right when passion is at the root when it's so overwhelmingly passionate we lose the sense of boundaries and so had they had a greater sense of boundaries they might have asked each other well wait a second well what are you going to bring well i'm bringing the fire you bring the machta you know so i wanted to call forward for this out of this very dark story uh, uh, an ember of wisdom which is the importance of communication, the importance of asking the right questions of each other that would lead to deeper knowing, to deeper um, meeting of our expectations with what is real. In other words, you can imagine how disappointed they were when they were brought, when each one brought a mahta. So the second aliyah that I'd like to call forth is for there to be deeper communication, deeper questions, and deeper relating between those of us who are in uh, partnerships and who are trying to bring a holy fire into the holy of holies. Please come forward for that, Aliyah. Yamod she'ni.